welcome to Reality Tea Times 2, the podcast where we discuss all the trash reality TV we love to hate. I'm Tanika, and today we are going to be discussing The Single Life. So, before we do, we do have uh, a Mahakas that is um, kind of a continuation of one that we did on 90 Day OG, which you actually should have gotten earlier today. Um, so this one is, was kind of developing and now there's a conclusion to it. Um, so along with this, there is going to be an announcement as well. So this is pertaining to Michael being um, on the run, missing, can't find him, and this is what is going on. So, this is from a user, um, I'm not sure exactly who they are, but they, um, they've said, I believe by now some of you must have seen this. Michael is not missing and has already communicated with the Hazelhurst Police Department, and the bolo has been taken down. Michael arrived um, in the U.S. a little over two months ago. Ever since, it's hell on earth for him. Angela seized his passport, tore it, and smashed his phone, making it impossible to communicate with anyone, not even his own family. She took Michael to the bank, created an account, and then seized the debit card to the account, giving Michael no access to his own money. The family was super worried for him that they send out the cops for a welfare check. The cops got there and Michael, out of fear for his life, admitted to them he was all right. Angela proceeded to beat the living shit out of Michael and questioned him about the police and he told her he didn't know who sent them out. She proceeded to place him on house arrest, making sure he didn't see the light of day. On the 23rd of February, Angela got out of the house, as usual, to buy her cigarettes, forgetting to lock the door. Michael saw an escape route and took off. Angela was seen on live YouTube playing the victim card. She should get ready because Michael is coming out strong to tell the whole world everything that has happened to him. So this particular Instagram post, I will post it to our, um, to our social media. Um, here's a little bit more. This is coming from, I believe an article that I actually did find. So I can go a little more in depth with it, but I think this might have been from Starcasm. So it said right after John's live stream announcing Michael's disappearance ended, Angela got a phone call from the local police stating that they were contacted by Michael. Michael had left his passport and ID at Angela's house, but police were able to confirm it was Michael with photos of his ID that Michael had on his, on a cell phone that Angela didn't know about. John said, here's the wild part. He told the police that he was in fear of his life. He did not want the police. Um, and Angela could be heard in the background correcting him. Angela knowing his location, something like that. At the end of the day, I think John Yates is, um, a biased party. He is close with Angela. 
he's not going to be as close with Michael. Um, and he is a white man, so he is going to be a little more biased, but let's, um, do a little more, a little more reading here. So, on this article too, it is mentioned, um, the sarcasm article, that there was footage of him leaving the home, even though they said there wasn't any footage of him leaving the home. Um, if he, if the story is correct, and this is what happened, I find it hard to believe that there would have been zero footage of Michael leaving the home. Um, but anyway, it's also noted, um, I guess when John Yates announced that Michael had been found, that Angel was clearly angry as she continued to talk in the background. I asked him to go home because he doesn't love me. And then he disappeared. That's it. I don't, I don't know if it's as easy as that, but let's continue and I'll give my thoughts as well as the announcement. Another point Angela stated, here's the Yahoo boy part um, before calling some woman a whore but I couldn't quite make sense of who she was talking about. So this is what the, the, um, this is what's being said in the article. So it's hard to tell exactly what is being said. Um, and there was an update because of the time of actually posting the article. They, I think this Asa Hawks was still, um, was watching the YouTube video and, it was ever changing, but she did make an update and she said Angela claimed that she and Michael weren't sleeping together and she believes because he's gay. What the fuck? So there's actually a quote from Angela. Here's what she says. He hasn't been sleeping with me. I don't know if he's gay or not. And you know, I love gays because she's obviously friends with John Yates, who is gay, but there's something wrong. I don't think it's me. Of course you don't think it's you. Of course you don't think it's fucking you. Let's continue. Um, I think he's really hiding. He's gay and it's okay. I said, you're in the U.S. now, Michael. So here's what I'm going to say. It's not because he's fucking gay. He's not gay. I mean, maybe, he is. I don't know. I don't know him, but it's not because he's gay. It's because he's fucking terrified of you and probably can't get it up to you. That's probably why. What man can get it up to a woman who's actually literally beating him? And he has no escape from anything. I'm sorry, but I think we need to remember that men aren't sex machines. They are human. And maybe not all the time can they get it up to you. Um, It's not because he's fucking gay. And you're a fucking narcissist because you're incapable of seeing where you went wrong. Anyway, Angela also had a new message for Michael. I know where you're at and ICE will see you soon. So she's now threatening him with immigration. She's threatening a black man from Nigeria, which is, even though an African country, a Muslim country, an Islamic country, if you see where I'm going with this. And we're in the middle of an election where the Americans right now are in the middle of a, of a election that Donald Trump still has a nerve to fucking run in. Are you fucking kidding me? Mm. It's just triggering for me because I've seen this shit. I've seen my boyfriend go through this shit with, with white women who 
always think, well, you're not a citizen, so let me threaten you with your, with your, with the one thing that you know. It's sick. Now, my, it's not like Michael is not used to going home and being in an African country. My boyfriend's a different thing. He has not lived in Africa since he was 18 years old. Everyone says a different thing, but we all know what happens to someone who is detained by ICE. It's not fucking fun. And he's there on a spousal visa, honey. It is not going to be as easy to send him home. He's not there on a K-1. Anyway, there's more from her um, on her relationship with him. She said, quote, how am I supposed to feel this motherfucker because I wanted him to go home and I can't tell y'all that because I'm on the show. What does the show have to do with anything? Anyway, and he fucking went and did this because I want him to go home. I was nice to him. This bitch says, I was nice to him. Are you fucking delusional, bitch? You're a fucking delusional bitch. We literally have footage of times where you're not fucking nice to him. Are you kidding me? Let's continue. She says, I was, um, oh, he was mentally abused. Um, he mentally, he has mentally abused me for seven goddamn years. Why? Because he got a blowjob from a woman? Because he cheated on you emotionally, at least, with another woman? That's not fucking abuse. No. What's abuse is the fact that you threw cake at him one time. You have, um, be, you have hit, destroyed a car that belonged to him, even though you think it belonged to you. There's that. There's so many other things that have happened that I can't even keep track of it all. But there's so much things that you've done to him, and throwing cake at him is assault, y'all. That is assault. That's not just not just abuse. That is assault. And she wants to sit here and act like she's the one who's been abused by him. You have not been the one who's been abused. You're the abusive one. Because again, this is another fucking example of a white woman who thinks she can talk badly, treat badly, a man from Africa, because why not? And you know what? I'm sorry. Maybe this is me being extreme. But this takes me back to the days of, of slavery, where this is the shit that went down. White people go to an African country, take them away from the home that they have, because, well, you guys can do shit for us that we don't want to do. You guys can do that. We'll tear you from your families. We'll beat you in the process. Some of you we might actually rape and have children with. That's the fucking life that was lived by people who look like me. And this is what it feels like. And it's sick. So, if you haven't guessed, fuck Angela. Fuck her. TLC, shame on you for still having this woman on a fucking TV. Her and Ed. Now, 
as far as we know, Ed has not physically abused anyone. If anything, it's been actually the other way around from what we've heard. But he has been verbally abusive, which is why he is not covered on anything. I avoid him by the plague as much as I possibly can. That is what will happen moving forward. And that is what's going to be happening with Angela and Michael. I feel for him. I want him to be safe. I want him to, if going home is the best thing for him, go home. You've wasted enough time. This woman has wasted enough of your time. Go home. Or if you want to stay in America, you know what? You fucking deserve to have a life that is well-deserved. And if she wanted to be a fucking idiot and send and bring you to America, that is on her. You're a fucking idiot. You're an abusive bitch. And I'm done. She will not be covered by any means possible on this podcast. If you want to listen to anyone who covers her, I'm not sure what Reality Case is still doing, if they're still going to be covering her. That is, I don't know. Um, I know it's being definitely asked of them to not, so I'm not sure if what's going to happen. Um, also, I'm not sure about Married to Reality, if they're going to cover them, but this podcast will not be. I'm not going to, I'm not going to endorse a woman who is disgusting and abusing someone, abusing a man you know, it, obviously it's a little more um, triggering for me because I am with an African man. So I I got that, but that's exactly why I can't cover her at all. So that's that. Um, I'm not going to do any more hot goss for now. I will wait until um uh, until the next episode that i record again i will post at least that one instagram post to our socials so you can see and i will also do the um announcement of we are not covering them just like i did with ed and and liz so that's what's gonna be happening so enough of that though let's get into some fun this episode was fun. So this was 90 Day, The Single Life, Season 4, Episode 9. Tyree shoots his shot. So let's just go right into him. So Tyree, you know what, y'all? He's going to be moving forward from the state that he had with Teresa, because obviously nothing's going to be happening there with her. She's just out of a divorce. She's not ready. That's what he said anyway. So tonight, he's going to be going out to a, you know, a little club, and he's going to have some fun. And he approaches this lady. Her name is Raina. And he says, like, she's dancing like her life depends on it. All eyes are on her, including mine. And he's loving it. So they do go outside and go talk because, you know, it's they're in a noisy place and probably can't hear each other very well. And, you know, they're kind of connecting on, you know, the family and stuff. Because he mentions, like, he's, you know, a full-time caretaker to his mom, as we know. Um, 
which I didn't actually know he was a full-time caretaker, but I, we all know he's a caretaker for his mom. Um, and she's like, yeah, my mom was really sick too at one point. So they're kind of, you know, connecting on that. As we know, he is 33. She's 25. And she's a little younger than him, but Tyra can't be picky at the moment. So he says, you know, she's thick and, you know, thick girls are it girls. So he's he is all over the place with what his type is. Like, first he likes Hillary Clinton because she's a Scorpio. She's probably a freaking bad. And, and, um, <laughs> and then we have Raina, who is this, you know, thick, I want to say biracial girl. And he's like loving that. And I'm like, you are all over the place. I think that's the main thing. I like that he's doing this, kind of exploring, but at the same time, it's like, but there's nothing you don't like. He seemed to like everything. So, I mean, it's good to not limit yourself. It's not like it's unusual that a guy can kind of have no true type or body type or whatever. Like, I mean, I think even my boyfriend said he's dated all kinds of different people, you know, doesn't matter, you know the size or height or whatever, like he's at it all over the map. That's normal, I guess. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily normal, but it's 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 refreshing. Question mark. So yeah, it it he's just all over the place. I don't know. Anyway. So um she says that he is a ball of sunshine. You know what? She just wants to hug him. And that's when I wrote, okay, he's being friend zoned. <laughs> I mean, yes, you want to hug someone maybe you're into, but I don't know if I've ever ref- described a guy that I was sexually into as a ball of sunshine and I want to hug them. Um, I want to do a little more than hugging if you catch where I'm going. So yeah, I don't know. But ultimately, though, she does also say, like, she kind of is still, you know, he might be a great partner and this kind of thing. And she feels kind of right now the ball is in his court as to what happens, I guess. I don't know. So now we're at a house party and Raina is here. She actually invited him to this party. And he says he likes kind of doing the party thing because it's better than having the pressure of having a first date. So he's kind of liking this. Um, so, you know, he likes her voice, her personality, and she's cool. So she, you know, he, you know, that's kind of what he's saying about her. And she says that the vibe is awesome with him, um, saying he's fly. <laughs> and then he's also like wearing these beads. Now we are in Nola there are going to be beads and he's wearing beads around his neck and Raina points out the beads and says and he's like oh do you you want them and she's like can I have them and he's like well yeah but I think like there's something that I might want you to do first and I'm like wait what she's like what's that and he's like does the kissy face motion to her like he's like I'm like Oh, Tyree. 
tirade. Who is this man? I was like, okay, tirade. But at the same time, I am a woman. So I'm like, that's a little too soon, tirade. You just met her. Like, you're not just going to go getting a kiss right now, you know, just because you like her or whatever the hell it may be. I mean, he definitely shot his shot in this moment, but it's too soon. That's the thing. It's way too soon. And plus, we are in an age of post-COVID. Y'all can't be going out there just kissing everybody, you know, despite what they do on The Bachelor. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, I'm just like, yo, dude, that's so soon. But Raina is like, you want to kiss? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, on the cheek? He's like, that'll work. So he kisses her on the cheek and she's like, can I get the beads now? And he's like, yeah. So he gives her the beads and he was hoping for a kiss on the lips, which yes, clearly you were, but um again too soon um yeah and the thing is too it's like he he asked for the kiss let me tell you something about tyree he has great lips honestly the problem is there is no confidence behind those lips because when he does that he does the awkward laugh and it's like there's nothing to me personally when he did that, I'm like, okay, Tyree. And then as soon as he did the laugh, I'm like, okay, Tyree, like, stop it. Because it's not attractive. There has to be a way that he has to realize that he's doing. He needs a dating coach. That's what he needs. Don't they have those? Aren't those real things? He needs like, he needs like a hitch. I think I said that before. That's what he needs to know like how to go, you know? And then he also has to know that she comes 90 and then you come 10. You don't go the whole 100. But anyways, I'm just saying, like, he needs some kind of guidance. His brothers ain't it. Because his brothers are probably fucking and shit and, and have the swag and whatever. And you get the swag, like, once you kind of go over those hurdles of something you just get. But... You know, he he needs a little help. Anyway, he does ask her if she wants to go back to the hotel, get some food, you know, maybe go stick your feet in the pool or something. And she says, yeah, that'd be cool. She's like, it's too hot to be dry. And you get wet. And of course, he's taking it a little different. And I'm like, choice words, Raina, choice words. Like, honestly. And he's like, okay, well, let me not tell my brothers, whatever. So he goes up to them, says, we're going back to the hotel. You guys want to come? They said, no, they're going to hang back, probably thinking, okay, Tyree, and calm down. He ain't getting any. But anyways, they hang back and they go off. They go to the hotel. They're kind of just sitting in the, you know, feet in the pool and, talking about, you know, their favorite foods um, to cook and, you know, they should cook for each other one day. What's your favorite animal? He says dragon. She says a unicorn. So mystical creatures because they're real, apparently. And 
So they're kind of connecting on weird things like that. So ideally, she says that she doesn't like to be put in a box. She kind of likes to just go with the flow, right? And he says, well, you're kind of free-spirited. And I wrote, well, damn it, here comes Keith Morrison on this episode of Dateline. I have beautiful young woman in New Orleans. You know what I mean? Don't sing free-spirited. It doesn't go good. It doesn't go good. Anyway, so, so Diree wants to kind of figure out, like, you know, if they were long distance, right? How would that kind of go? Is it too soon for them to kind of have this conversation of whether or not could something happen and could that be sustained long term? But Raina says it's too soon, which again, I agree. They just met 24 hours ago. It's too soon to have those kinds of conversations. Um, she doesn't want to, sorry, he doesn't want to force things, which obviously you should not. Um, but now she's going to leave and, you know, he gets her door for her and they do hug in that moment, but no kiss. So, yeah. Again, it's, and no, he maybe has this level of rejection each time this kind of happens, but you know what? He is learning. And really the best way to learn is to do practical work like this. <laughs> so yeah, he, he is, it's happening for him and it will happen for him. But anyway, that's it for Ty Wright. Let's move on to Natalie. So she is still driving Josh's car. So even though they're not together no more, she still got that car. Um, she does say that she does miss Josh, which is actually fairly interesting to me. Um, because, you know, I don't know, whatever. But anyway, she has to keep going, she says. And she's talking to her mom about, you know, how she did IVF before with her second husband and how that did not go great. She, um, she actually says after a month and a half of actually getting success, successfully pregnant off of IVF, they did have, um, trigger warning, should have put this before, um, for pregnancy loss, kind of go for maybe 10 seconds. She did have, um, a miscarriage. So after that, she said that they never went back to trying to do IVF and then they divorced. And after that, she just stayed in the church. That's all she did. She served them. That's what she did. And she said, even though I wasn't maybe a full blown nun, she was going through the steps. She wanted to be a nun. And you know what? How do you solve a problem like Natalie? <laughs> She was trying to audition for Sound of Music, y'all. What were they redoing Sound of Music? Sound of Music, Ukrainian edition. You know what I mean? This is so good. Um, 
<laughs> she goes to her friend, her own Captain Von Trapp, you know? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, she always became a nun and she wanted to do this. She wanted to do the steps. And you know what? You know why she didn't complete the steps? Because her family prevented her from doing it, aka her mom. Her mom prevented her from becoming a nun. So, you know, she still says she wants to be a mom, even though she's single. And because of this, she is going to take her life, uh, take control of her life. And I said, you know what? Good for you, Natalie. This is great. Well, let's see how much this is going to fucking fall apart. So let's do this. So we're at this appointment. I, I'm assuming like a fertility clinic. And I did right here, maybe this is just me being insensitive, but her mom is not fucking helpful. Why is she here? Why is Natalie incapable of doing this on her own? You're the one who's going to be responsible for this child. You're the one who's going to be pregnant with this child. Why is your mom here? Because again, I, I personally feel if I'm a single person, deciding that I'm going to do IVF on my own. I am going to go on my own. I'm not going to bring my mom. If anything, if I'm going to bring someone, maybe my best friend, just to have that moral support, but not my mother. Just, or if I'm bringing you, you're staying outside in the waiting room. You're not coming in with me. There's no boundaries between her and her mom. And her mom is not helpful at all. And we'll get to how her mom is not helpful because her mom has no fucking clue how a woman's body works and she herself is a woman. But let's go through this. So, um, doctor tells her that, you know, this is not a rare thing. You know, a person who's single trying to, you know, still become a mother, not rare. It happens all the time. Um, so while the doctor is actually trying to tell her how things work, in particular with using a sperm bank, her mom fucking interrupts, okay? And I understand that she is Ukrainian. I don't, I don't know if Russian is the right language to use here, but they do speak a different language. She's not, she doesn't know when the doctors, what the doctors say, but you know the doctor's fucking talking and you interrupted the fucking doctor. Um, she says that, well, you know, women can have kids when they're 50, even 55. And if you know, if you do sports, the percentage is higher. Are you, are you good, ma'am? Are you kidding me? Are you seriously that deluded? Women at 50, sure, it can happen, but nine times out of 10, they're not trying to make it happen. By then, most eggs are not even viable anymore. Like, what are you talking about? And if you do sports, the percentage is higher? No, it's not. Your body is your body. What you have is what you have. What your reserve is, is what your reserve is. No matter if you do sports, no matter if you're fit, no matter if it doesn't fucking matter. And her mom spewing misinformation about what a woman's body is capable of doing is detrimental to Natalie. Now, Natalie is smart in the moment where she's saying no, but she still knows she can't say much because this is her mom. 
So she can't say anything. She can't disagree with her. And after her mom stops talking, you notice that Natalie is just, what the fuck in her face? She looks deflated. So her mom is going to spew this nonsense to her, expecting that she can have a baby until she's, what, 55? I'm, I'm happy her mother is safe and, and is with Natalie. I, and on one hand, on the other hand, I'm actually really upset that her mom is here because more so because Natalie has a lot of mental issues and now I'm realizing where they come from. They come from her mom. They come from her mother. And that's fucking so sad to me. So Natalie says that she wants to have like the best donor. You know, she wants that if they're going to be going that route. And then we, the doctor leaves and in comes this woman named Annie who's going to be going over the donor profiles with her. And Natalie's mom says, you know, it's better to have a child with a husband the traditional way. Lay down by nature in the traditional way. So that, you know, the dad is nearer to help with the child. And I said, yeah, did that work for you? I know that's mean. I understand. I under, and I'm not coming at the fact that Natalie clearly has abandonment issues because of her dad being an asshole and dipping. But did that work for you? Just because you lay down with a man and have a child by him does not mean he sticks around. There's plenty. Natalie is an example. There are people out there in the world who go through the same thing, who be a bit, who are abandoned by their fathers. It doesn't mean shit. And it's, it's in this moment that I realize, oh, so that's why Natalie needs to have a husband so she can get pregnant by them because she needs to correct a thing that you did wrong. Not even as much that you did wrong, but you got wrong. That her father did wrong, but you got wrong. That's what she needs to do. She needs to correct history. And that is not up to Natalie to correct the mistakes of someone when she was either A, not even thought of, not even born yet, or when she was born. I don't know when when exactly that dipped, but she can't correct just anything that has nothing to do with her. And that is unfair. That is what I am talking about. The, the, The boundaries between mom and daughter is non-existent. And that's not Natalie's fault, I think, honestly. It's her mother. Oh, God. But Natalie says, you know, this is great, but it's just paper. You know, there's no connection. And the woman is like, listen, you do need to remember that these guys are anonymous and you're not going to have a connection with them. They are never to know that you, they have fathered a baby by you because they are starting to understand here, you can't find them. 
She's the kind of person who would try to figure it out. But no, you can't have that. And with all of this work that I think Natalie was really starting to try and do to kind of do this on her own, it's just gone backwards because she says, I would rather have children with someone she loves and someone who loves her back. And I said, we were this close. We were this close. She could have done this shit on her own and she would have been happier for it. I know the fear of not knowing if you can do it on your own, but us women are strong. We're strong enough to live without them men. That is what Cher said. Cher's not wrong. Okay? So, it's just... She was that she was so close. <sighs> but anyway. Let's move on to the next. John. So, we are going bowling with Patrick and Thais. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be raging in about a minute. So... The car is fixed. Good, good, good. But they do ask about Megan and whether or not she enjoyed Vegas. No, she didn't. You pieces of shit. Of course she didn't enjoy Vegas. You made sure of that. Um, he tells them, well, you know, before you told her why the fuck you told her, home was actually good. But Patrick is like, well, maybe she's just mad because it's the truth. If, fuck her. Are you kidding me? And then Patrick is just being an absolute jerk. Well, because I can't even catch all the things he was saying. But he's just being a jerk. Being mean to John. Basically trying to keep him in a place where he just always is. But John says that he loves her. And Thais says this. Oh God. But she's like, but how do you know if you do? And how do you know it's going to work? And he's like, really? <laughs> um, and then Patrick's like, well, you're not going to do something crazy, like moving to Texas. Why not? Why the fuck not? And I'm going to have theories at the end of this, at the end of their little section, because I realize what's going on here with, with, with Patrick. It doesn't make sense to me with Thais, but we'll get to that in a minute. But like, you're not going to do something crazy. And John's like, well, you know, I might, I might move. I might just move to Texas. This might be happening. And Thais is like, well, how do you know that you love her enough? Like, what, what? how did you know you loved Patrick enough, bitch? Like, I'm so confused. She's like, well, how do you know? How did you? And he's like, well, just like how you and Patrick, you know, want each other, right? And then Thais, oh my God. Thais is like, Oh my God, it's been three years. You've only been with her for six months. Pot kettle. Are you kidding me? Are you really truly kidding me right the fuck now? First of all, when did you know? Did you wait three years to find out? To fuck around and find out? No, you got married. And then you had a child. So you fucked around and you found out. Like, I don't quite understand that. And also that, she also said, oh, you only saw each other a couple of times. Patrick probably only saw you a couple of times. 
before he did start doing the K-1 visa to bring you here. Are you, like, the, the, the audacity of these two people? And not only that, too, Patrick's like, oh, you're not going to do something crazy. I'm like, move. Oh, oh, wait, you mean Thais is not going to do something crazy? Like, move from fucking Brazil to Texas, then to Vegas. Are you kidding? Like, art and art. Like, are you, I just can't. The, like, they don't even realize. And the funny thing, I do wonder if this is put on just because when Pat and Thais were on their own talking to the cameras and Patrick at one point kind of looked at Thais with this smirk on his face. I'm hoping that's what was going on here. But if this is really authentic and maybe the smirk is because, you know, we're going to prevent him from leaving, then screw you. But this is what I think. If this is all true, I personally think that he's doing this because he's jealous. He doesn't want Patrick, um, sorry, John to leave because that's his brother. They're very close. You know, it was always just them. But Patrick was able to move on a little bit, find Thais, marry Thais, become a father. Why can't John be allotted the same respect to fall in love, become a, a some sort of parental figure to River to some extent, and maybe at some point change his mind and become a father? Why can't Pat, um, John go? Sorry, why can't John go through the same thing? Like, come on, it's just mean. Um, but in the next scene, we see John is calling Megan, and you know, she, you know, kind of been and you know, in a mood, all the things that Patrick told her has been on her mind, just wondering, like, where he's at, because it's just not clear to her. And, well, he's going to make it very fucking clear. He says, well, if you listen to what I say, instead of what those dodos said, you would know that I love you. Y'all, he's told her he loves her. (laughs) Oh, and he says that, um, you know, it just sucks, you know, not being with you all the time. And I understand that. And he says, well, I'm going to pack up my little car that's not smoking anymore. And I'm going to drive down to Texas. It is official, y'all. He is moving to Texas. This is so great. And he tells her, this guy loves you. And she's very happy that he's finally moving. And I'm happy for him. I'm happy for her. This is great. But next, let's just finish it up. We have our last single. We have Miss Debbie. This is great, y'all. Julian tells her, you know what? She's putting on way too much makeup. Listen, Julian, shut the fuck up. Let your mom do what she wants to do. And if she wants to cake on her face like a clown, let her. But she has a very valid reason for putting on more makeup. She says it melts off in this heat. She's not wrong. It doesn't make it look any better, though, when it melts. But I'm just trying to say. So Julian is going to be meeting Ruben. That's what's going to be happening. And mom does say, listen, 
I don't need a policeman. I need my son. And she's also right, but him being a cop is ingrained. That shit's always going to be ingrained in him. Anyway, Debbie, you know, says like the day before on the day she felt like a celebrity, you know, you know, it was a great day and all of that. She was so happy. And (laughs) Jillian's like, you're in a slingshot. No seatbelt. You're going fast. He doesn't care about safety. And you know what? That has some points knocked down in his favor. He is such a killjoy. Like, honestly. He's such a killjoy. No fun. Anyway. Um, and, uh, she says, and the way she says it too, you know she's doing it. So it just pissed Julian off. Because she already said the day before that she doesn't think moving to Miami right now is the best option. But she says to him, yeah, you know what? And he's been asking me whether or not I moved to Miami. And he's like, you're not moving to Miami. Well, it's better than fucking Morocco. Jesus Christ. Anyways. um, She's like, well, I'm keeping my options open. <laughs> Maybe she just might move. Anyway, he says, anyone can take advantage of of my mom if they try hard enough. That was fucking mean, but clearly kind of true. And we're going to get to that in a little bit. So now we're meeting Ruben and we're going to be doing some spray painting on this building. And I thought, uh oh, oh, so vandalism. And you're telling a cop you're going to do some vandalism. And Ruben is, you know, sorry, not Ruben, sorry. Julian is hating on Ruben's clothes, saying, Oh, he has so many bright colors. Why does he have so many bright colors on? And whatever. And I'm like, Have you met your mother? Seriously, have you met her? Anyway, then Julian asks, So, do we have permission to spray this building from the owner? Of course, we have permission. I think they do. For real, I think they do. But I'm just like, again, we have a cop who's brave painting a building when that is against the law in most situations. Jeez. Anyway. So they do talk, Julian and Ruben, and, you know, he asks us, what do you do? And Ruben says he says something like lighting or something. And, you know, he's like, what drew you to my mom? And he's like, well, you know, Obviously, they met online, and he said, like, her eyes, her smile, um, you know, her blonde hair. He says he tends to date a lot of blondes and, you know, all that. And and then this from there, her personality, the fact that she's family-oriented, like, all of those things, like, drew him to her. And then Julian asked, well, have you been in trouble with the law? And Julian says, sorry, not Julian, Ruben says, never, never been in trouble with the law. Mm-mm, nope, I don't even drink. I don't do drugs. I don't do any of that shit. I've not been in trouble with the law. And he's like, sometimes I bet, but only on the racetrack. That's it. <laughs> Debbie can see in this moment that Julian's face kind of is giving off this kind of aggressive look. And she's like, I'm not getting in the middle of that. I don't like confrontation. And I'm just like, so you're going to leave Ruben to the wolves? AKA Julian <laughs> to just 
fend for himself because you don't like confrontation. He's your son. That's not confrontation. That's you putting your son in his place. Come on. Anyways. Um, but then, you know, Ruben does bring up the fact of like, his parents are important to him, that he's their caretaker and all of that. And he is very protective of his parents. And Julian's like, well, I'm very protective of my mom. And there's no denying that. That's, you know, that's how it should be. Julian brings up um, Osama. And you're like, oh, no. And how she moved to Morocco. And it was like, Morocco? She moved in Morocco. And you're like, yeah. And he was 24 years old. 24 years old. He's like, whoa. And like later he, he says like, we all do crazy things, but that's a huge age gap. And that's what jerked up the other guy when he found out that was this, that Osama was 24. That was like, holy shit, you know, which is understandable because that is a huge age gap. But then we find out the biggest thing here is that the family Osama, <laughs> um, she still sends money to them. And you're like, wait, what? Why, why is Debbie still sending money to the family? No wonder Osama is still out here texting her, calling her, because he's probably thinking, oh, I still have a leg in, maybe I can get more. You know what I mean? Why is she still sending money to these people? She's not responsible for them. I feel like Julia might need to become her power of attorney because she's not making wise decisions here. But Julian's like, wait, what? Because he's kind of taking it as a sense of there's still a connection with her ex. And I don't want her to have a connection with her if we are trying to ha build our own connection. You still have technically one foot with them. Could you end up going back to him? To him? And what the fuck? He feels like he probably can't compete with the 24-year-olds. Trust me, Ruben, you can. And I'm just like, I understand where he's coming from. But now Debbie is up shit's creek at this point. Because maybe she should have confronted him. Julian and been like, wait a minute, no. But yeah, anyway, Julian's kind of like, all right, well, I'm gonna leave you two kids to this. This is your day. I'm gonna go after I literally blow this shit up. I said, drop the bomb and have fun, y'all. Julian's a sneaky little bitch and I kind of like it. <laughs> but anyway, that's basically it for Debbie and Julian and Ruben. That's it for that. So, and that's the end of the episode. But next time on, Chantel was expecting a lot more attention from Giannis. Yeah, okay. John has officially moved to Texas, but you know what? That's not enough because Megan now wants that ring. Jamal actually did stay at the house with Veronica. I guess we'll figure out what that went down there, but she still looks pissed. And Ruben brings up um, Osama and all of that shit. And we find out that Natalie's mom calls Michael. Um, And we find out that Natalie still has feelings for Michael. God 
Jesus Christ. And, um, but Michael is here. And you know what? We're not going to see Michael show up until the very end of the episode. Let's be real. We're not going to be never that nice to us. But that is it for Single Life for this week. So if you like what you heard, please rate, review the podcast on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Also, don't forget that uh, you can also share us with everyone in your life if you really love us. And I do want to read those reviews. I'm definitely getting five-star ratings, but I want to read those reviews. So send me those reviews and I will read those four and five-star reviews on the podcast. Also, we're on every one of your favorite podcast apps, every one of them, including you can find us on YouTube at Reality Tea Times 2. If you want to connect with us, you can do so by going to either Facebook or Instagram at Reality Tea Times 2. You can also find us on Twitter, TikTok, Reddit, and Reality Tea Times 2 Pod. We also have our email, which is at Reality Tea Times 2 at Hotmail.com. Definitely want to hear from you guys. And we also have our new website where you can listen to all of these episodes. You can review the podcasts on there as well. You can connect with me in any way, all the stuff. It's all there. And you can find me there at www.realitytimes2, I'll spell it out, um, dot podpage.io. It's there. And don't forget, I also have my other podcast with my friend Mikkel, Next Week Podcast, where we talk about all kinds of different topics. We are finishing up our Black History Month series right now, so it's been great over there. Um, but you can find us on any of your favorite podcast apps over there as well. Or you can also go to YouTube um, and you can go to Next Take Podcast, as well as our website, which is solo.to forward slash Next Take Podcast. Um, so yeah, there's with that. And that's basically that. And again, don't forget, if all of this information is overwhelming, we do have all of the links everything in our show notes but that is it for now guys thanks bye